what a finish. What a result. Baku delivering big time Sunday. This is the Overtake F1 podcast and our Azerbaijan Grand Prix review. It is now giving us a mix-up podium once again. We got a tire controversy with the Pirelli Hards. We got a championship race that was headed in two directions before settling on no change at all. There is so much to unpack here for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. It was a win for Red Bull, but with Sergio Perez getting his second career victory. He had two other podium finishes at Baku, both when he was with Force India. Sebastian Vettel, who has now started to come alive for Aston Martin, finishing second Pierre Gasly in the AlphaTauri. He ran third. It was a very popular podium with drivers who are liked in the paddock, liked by fans. And Baku did its thing. It shook it up, mixed up podium. Now, listen, I said in the preview of this race that I, what my prediction was not very going to be very bold, that I went Hamilton, Verstappen, Botas. I thought Mercedes would show up, and I thought Max would keep himself in the running for the championship. I thought it would be the standard, we've seen this a million times kind of podium. I should have known better. I should have known better that, that we'd get this kind of result at Baku. The story, though, is twofold. The championship battle between Max Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton has not changed because neither driver scored any points on Sunday. Max cruising to a win, suffered a tire failure, crashed down the straight with five laps to go that ended his race. And that gave Lewis Hamilton a huge opportunity to not only get the championship race back in, in terms of getting the lead, but to also really add a nice cushion between him and Verstappen had he won that race. However, after the red flag restart, locked his brakes going into turn one, and he he was done as well. We're going to go over all of this, but let's give you the full picture of the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Before we do that, a reminder, please subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a five-star review. It helps us grow. We love your input on what we've been doing so far in this season. But again, we could use the support if you could subscribe and also leave us a review. That would be great. All right, let's start with the tires. I think this is going to be one of the bigger stories coming out of Baku. Uh, Pirelli brought the softest compounds to the circuit, the same as Monaco. Two drivers, Lance Stroll and Max Verstappen, both have massive tire failures. Stroll started at the back of the pack after crashing and qualifying in Q1, but he stayed out on his hard tires and did not pit and was running in the top 10. Now, he was hoping for a safety car, but on lap 30 going down the straight, he had his left rear tire fail that caused a crash. Now Verstappen had the same tire fail, the left rear with five laps to go, and he did it on the same straight. Pirelli's Mario Isola said that debris was the likely cause of both accidents. There was no warning, and there was no data to suggest that the tire was stressed. There was no vibration or anything that would indicate something was wrong. Isola also said that the left rear tire is not the most stressed tire at Baku. The right rear is. And they also he also said that they found a cut in Lewis Hamilton's tire. While not gigantic, it certainly wasn't small. That, was, that tire was changed during the red flag pit stop. Now, to be clear, this is exactly what Pirelli would say right after a Grand Prix without properly investigating the tires. Right. This you deflect a little bit here. You don't have to take all the blame when you don't really know what's going on. And you want to sort of immediately when the world press is hanging on what exactly happened, throw the debris angle out there. I would totally do that. Don't let this turn into some sort of public relations nightmare when you don't need it to be. 
throw out debris and let that linger with the press and the fans, even if your investigation comes back days later that the tire actually did fail. Verstappen said the same thing I just did, which is this is exactly what Pirelli would be saying. He said the exact same thing after the race, that debris was the cause of the puncture. But Verstappen said that debris is unlikely, given that he and the other cars run the same line to be in the slipstream. Now, he was very frustrated when he made this comment, so that's sort of the, the precursor to those, to those comments, is that he was upset. Pirelli says that they'll do an investigation back in Milan to give their teams a clearer picture as to exactly what happened. However, this is a very dangerous situation. The cars going down that straight are going over 200 miles an hour when they blew. Those impacts could be very hard. So is this a big deal, little deal, no deal? Well, obviously, we'll find out with the investigation. Tire issues have a tendency to be really huge in the very beginning, and then they sort of die out as the week gets on and we move on to other races and other events that might happen here. The tires could have been a big story. I mean, we could have been looking at Baku months and months down the road and saying that was the turning point in the championship race. And had it not been for those tires failing on Max Verstappen's car, we would have gotten a championship battle, but there was a second part to this race. We got to get to, and that was Hamilton's brakes. The tires had a direct effect on the race and it opened the door for Hamilton to make up all the ground that he lost at Monaco with Verstappen out. There was an 18-point swing, remember, in Monte Carlo when Max won that race and Hamilton finished P7. But because of the Verstappen crash, the red flag came out. They decided to do a sprint race to the for the final few laps to get a winner. Hamilton is on the grid. He's starting in the second position. Perez is starting in the first position. And right away, you could see the smoke coming from his tires as they were heating up. However, he locked them in on the restart and drove straight through turn one. You probably heard screaming from around the world when that happened because that was so unexpected and it added so much more to the story of this race we thought oh no we have got Hamilton probably going to win this thing he's going to have control of the championship and all of a sudden now you've got both of these drivers not gaining any points as soon as he went right off alpha turn one uh going with his brakes locked up now afterwards he got on the radio to his engineer Pete Bonington and said did I have the magic on which, which is kind of a cool line but you know, we got to dive into that a little more. Bono responded that indeed he did. So what exactly is this? It's a switch that Mercedes has that heats the brakes when the car is behind a uh, safety vehicle. It alternates the brake bias settings. So when the race started again, he had accidentally knocked that switch, which meant basically that he had no brakes and he drove right through into turn number one. Now, Toto Wolf said that this was a finger problem. It's not a mistake. It's a finger problem. Now, we don't normally see Hamilton make these kind of mistakes. And it's been interesting when you go back to 2020 and in the first couple of races this year, we've seen Hamilton make some sort of errors. We saw him go into the pit lane at Imola when it was closed, for example. We saw him trying practice starts at Sochi when that wasn't allowed. We saw this year at Imola, he made that mistake on the on the turn Pravata and he got off the racetrack into the gravel. Now, he did back himself up and fight his way into a P2, but that was caused by a mental mistake by Lewis Hamilton and this one certainly is uh, is up there it cost him the race it cost him a ch- at least cost him a chance for some sort of points finish even if he, even if somehow he didn't win that race he at least would have scored enough in the points to take command of the championship run but this is another error and and at the beginning of the season this is the thing people were talking about which is 
you can't have a Formula One season where the championship battle is Lewis will win all the races unless he makes a mistake, and then let's see who wins those races when he does to see if we have a championship fight. You need Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton both on merit to be mano a mano. Well, this was sort of mano a mano because Verstappen out of the race with a blown tire and Hamilton making mistake with the brake setting, boom, both don't get in the points. And now we are basically at square one after Monte Carlo. And for Verstappen, it's at least one less race to worry about if Mercedes is going to find their groove back. So you just knock off another race on the calendar where you have the lead. Believe me, if you're Mercedes, you want as, you want more races on the calendar because you know at your best, you've been able to beat Red Bull at their best. But the last two races, Mercedes has been nowhere near their best. And Max holding on to the lead now has one more race that's in the books that he has to worry about. This was wild. I mean, this was absolutely wild. This was one of the more exciting finishes just in terms of what happened, what it means, the sort of inexplicable nature of what was happening. I mean, Verstappen is absolutely cruising. He is rolling along to a win. He's got a huge lead. He's got his teammate right behind him. He's putting in solid lap times. There's no need to think anything is going to happen. He doesn't even have to go super hard. And then, bam, he's in the wall. He's in the wall in the straight. And Hamilton just going right through the turn. Watching it, you just don't know why he did that. You're assuming the brakes lock up, but then you get the answer, oh, it's a switch. And then you're like, realize, oh, it's a Hamilton mistake. So again, Baku, no change in the championship race, but we had Sergio Perez and he emerges as the winner. And this was well-deserved. Perez has had some issues earlier this season in the Red Bull car, but he's also had some great rides. I mean, don't get me wrong. He had, he went from the pit lane at Bahrain. Remember he had mechanical troubles before that race and he ran up to P5. He had front row qualifying at Imola, even though that race was not really one of his best. Um, he had a lead at Portugal um, by running his tires much longer than they expected. So he's had his moments at Red Bull, but as we've said many times on this podcast, Podcast, the team does need him to run up front. They need him to consistently be in position to help out Max Verstappen like Mercedes does when they have their two drivers clicking. And it, at Baku, it worked fantastic. Sunday was a great run for Checo. He had a slower pit stop that may have even put him at the front of the field, but it was still good enough to get ahead of Hamilton. And then he also held off Hamilton very well. He was riding in P2 for a while with Max cruising up ahead. Now, don't get me wrong. Hamilton at times was probably content. Like, let's just ride this out a little bit. Let's see where this goes. But still, he's doing his job, which is be the buffer between Verstappen and Hamilton. And he did it very, very well. This was his second career win. It was his third podium at Baku, as I mentioned earlier. He had two previously in his forced India days. There's only been five races there. He's been on the podium three times. And now he moves up to third in the driver's championship. And more importantly, he helps Red Bull contain, continue its lead in the constructor's championship as well. So congratulations to Checo. Again, a popular winner. Even more popular, Sebastian Vettel. What can you say about Seb? It's a podium at last for Aston Martin. He started P11 after a season where he struggled so badly at the beginning of the year. 
His starting spot allowed him to start the race on softs. He stayed out when everyone pitted. He actually had the lead before he went into the pits on lap 18. He had passed both Charles Leclerc and Pierre Gasly before the red flag. He was P3 at the restart, took over P2 when Hamilton's brake issue occurred, held that on for the finish. Um, Seb did not have any points in the first four races of this season and a number of troubles. You remember, brake issues uh, before the race at Imola, the penalties that he had at Bahrain um, was, you know, was starting in the top 10. I think at Portugal finished outside the points, but he got points at Monaco. He's gotten points now at Azerbaijan. He was the driver of the day for the second straight race. Third on the podium, Pierre Gasly. This is his first podium finish since winning at Monza. Fantastic result for somebody who's had to live with all of that Red Bull drama from 2019. But here's the thing about Pierre Gasly. This was not a fluke. He was fast all weekend. Started fourth, put up lap times very close to Verstappen and Hamilton. When you check them out, you'll see it. The AlphaTauri cars had not done well in slow speed corners. And so this was a surprise. Gasly even remarked that after qualifying how good his car was the whole weekend. He said uh, he held off Charles Leclerc off the restart to finish third. And also, you know, put into perspective here, Yuki Sonoda, who's had his troubles. He was in my bottom five uh, in our top five, bottom five in our last podcast. He was seventh. So AlphaTauri got driver points for both guys. Uh, Ferrari, Charles Leclerc took the pole, but he was overtaken easily by Lewis Hamilton, fell back of the pack. He did finish fourth. He said he had to avoid a tree branch at turn 15. Uh, Carlos Sainz finishing eighth, so Ferrari finishing in the points for this race. The team all weekend downplayed their chances for this race. Downplayed. Now, sometimes that's a strategical thing. They're they're kind of blown away. If it, if if they do well, they sort of act surprised, but they know that they, they're building something in the shop that might allow them to get some success. I think most people didn't expect much from Ferrari in this race, it, given the, the nature of the circuit and the straight speed that comes off of turn 20 down to the start-finish line and into turn one. Uh, Leclerc, though, however, had a good chance to catch Gasly for third. Leclerc, though, had a good chance to catch Gasly for third place in this race. That would have been a great podium for Ferrari. So with Sainz getting P2 at Monaco and also in a top 10 finish here, you get points for both drivers uh, in this race. And that now they lead McLaren for P3 in the constructors. All right. Speaking of McLaren, Lando Norris finishing fifth. He did suffer a grid penalty on Saturday after running during a red flag during qualifying. Uh, He had qualified sixth. He then started ninth after the three place penalty. And the circumstances behind that were simple. Antonio Giovinazzi crashed. That brought out the red flag. And Norris at the time was on the straight. He was told the pit uh, seemed to be in a position to do so. Then he asked on the radio what he should do. And by the time that was getting sorted out, he felt he could not safely decelerate to get into the pit lane properly and safely. So he went around the track again, but it was red flagged. And the FIA does not like that. And look, they appealed, they went to speak their case, but if you're the FIA, you got to stand firm on this. No running at red. The red flag is there for a reason. It's not red suggestion. You have to stop. You cannot run, get into the pits. They felt like when they watched it, that even though he, he could have gotten in the pits, but the communication was off. So instead of getting five, he got three. And that seemed to be where they were happy to assess that penalty, not give them the full, but they felt like they still had to because red flags, it's no joke. Uh, Mercedes, a big story coming out of Baku, no points. 
Not one for Hamilton, not one for Valtteri Bottas. It was another bad weekend for the Silver Arrows. Let's get to Hamilton. We talked about him earlier. His brake issue at the restart, this was a chance to win this race. Instead, it's a P15. He is not getting any points. He was able to overtake Leclerc early in the race, and then he went into the pits. Slowed down in the pits just briefly when he was unable to be released due to an AlphaTauri coming down pit lane. And while in the pits, Verstappen and Perez put in some fantastic laps. And so when they were both able to stop, they were both able to get back out on the racetrack ahead of Hamilton. As for Botas, nothing. Absolutely nothing. He qualified 10th. He finished 12th. He never found the pace of the car like Hamilton did after Friday's practice. Toto Wolff said the car was nowhere, dropping spots even after the restart. He got two laps. He dropped spots on the restart. Now, you thought this team was upset after Monaco. This is the second straight week that the team failed to deliver a solid result. The opportunity was there. It was it was right there for Hamilton to take it. The magic wasn't there on the restart. Okay, well, all right, the magic was on, but all right, you get what I'm saying. Some other team notes from Sunday, Alpine. Fernando Alonso, fantastic finish for him. Sixth, Esteban Ocon was the first out of the race, so they managed something with the former world champion, Alfa Romeo. Kimi Raikkonen got a point. He finished 10th. Giovinazzi right behind him in 11th, ahead of Valtteri Bottas. Haas, their best finish of the season. Now, obviously, this was helped by attrition of Esteban Ocon, Lance Stroll, Max Verstappen, and Lewis Hamilton, but Mick Schumacher finished 13th. Nikita Mazepin finished 12th. Schumacher pretty upset uh, with his teammate. He was trying to pass him on the final straight, got in the slipstream, moved over to the right to pass. But then Mazepin also went to the right, nearly ran into Schumacher. It's just more Mazepin drama. That's just what it is. It's another chapter in the Nikita Mazepin book. By the way, may have to leave Formula One because of military service. We'll talk about that later this week in our news and notes segment. So to review, when it's all put in a package, this Grand Prix was excellent. You got good storylines, even controversial ones. The Pirelli tire situation, we'll see later in the week where that goes when the investigation is released to the teams, what the teams will say about it, what Pirelli will say about it. Maybe indeed it was debris, but maybe also these were tires that just did not stand up to the circuit. We'll find out, right? But nevertheless, these are the kind of podiums you want to see every now and then in a Formula One championship. Right. Look, this sport can get really dull when Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes are dominant and Red Bull is just fighting to stay afloat and take an opportunity when the opportunity presents itself. When you get a podium like this, that you have three different teams and two of them are not in championship contention, it allows for people to really enjoy an outcome that's not predictable. This race saw two of the championship heavyweights get zero points. Right, zero points, and both in in completely different circumstances. We've been wondering all year: Are these two guys going to crash? Are these two guys going to run in each other? Where they're just going to be out of a Grand Prix? Well, that didn't happen. Max Verstappen lost a tire, and Lewis Hamilton had a brake problem. Now we go into France with the same situation that we left with at Monaco. Sure, both of them wish they had points. Stappen absolutely wishes he, he could have extended his lead. And I'm sure Hamilton will just rethink that moment over and over again, how getting the championship back and actually having a cushion was in his grasp, but he couldn't get it. But to have popular drivers, Sergio Perez, Sebastian Melo, Pierre Gasly, love it. This is the thing. Last year, 
you only got that sort of outcome when Hamilton either made a mistake or didn't participate in the race. Sergio Perez won last year when Hamilton had COVID. Pierre Gasly won last year at Monza when Hamilton went into the pits when he wasn't supposed to. Right? Every now and then Hamilton will make a mistake and it leaves the door for something like this. Monza was my favorite race last year. I also love Turkey, but Monza was my favorite race because Carlos Sainz and Pierre Gasly battling it out at the end, right? AlphaTauri versus McLaren, all the way down to the, right off of Parabolic, Scari Chicane, right down to Parabolica. It was thrilling. And I'm not saying that Hamilton and Verstappen didn't provide us a thrilling race at Bahrain, but mix it when you mix it up a little bit, it's good for the sport. All right, speaking of the sport, uh, Singapore has been canceled. That is now off the schedule. Uh, Formula One trying to figure out where it wants to go. There's a lot of buzz about the possibility of a second race in the United States. I hope so. I hope in Indianapolis. That wouldn't be far from me, but we'll keep an eye on that for you. So later on this week, we'll do a news and notes podcast. We'll get you set up. Uh, France is coming up on the 18th, and then it's going to be like a triple header with two races in Austria. So we've got a very, very busy next couple of weeks to go through to the month of June. Once again, please subscribe to the channel. Leave us a five-star review. We are growing this podcast every single day. Thank you to all of you around the world who have downloaded and listened to us. I hope you continue to do so. I am Tony Desiri. If you'd like to reach me, you can hit me up on Twitter at Tony D Radio. You can also email the show at the Overtake F1 Podcast at gmail.com. Let us know you're out there. Say hi. We'll say hi right back to you. I hope you enjoyed the Azerbaijan Grand Prix review. Again, news and notes coming up later on this week. I'm Tony Desiri, and this has been the Overtake. F1 Podcast.